0: Poi CBD has been a leader in the hemp wellness space since their start in 2015. The company is family owned and community focused. They have an expansive product range, including broad and full spectrum CBD products and more in tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals, and even CBD for pets. All of their products are third-party tested by accredited laboratories to ensure potency and purity, and lab results are posted online for consumers to access. They have over 11,000 positive reviews posted on their website. Koi products are offered at thousands of retail locations nationwide. They offer discount programs through their website for veterans, as well as the Koi Rewards Loyalty Program to earn discounts and a subscribe and save service. So go to KoiCBD.com, that's K-O-I-C-B-D.com, and enter discount code NOEL, N-O-W-E-L-L, for 20% off a single order through the end of January 2022. Thank you so much for your support.
1: Hey everybody, this is Jackson from Cashed Out and you're listening to the Bradley's House Podcast.
2: Hey guys, welcome back. Come on in and make yourself at home, as you should when you're a guest in Bradley's house. I'm your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the executive director of the Noel Family Foundation and our host, Ms. Kelly Noel. Kelly, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing really well. How are you, Jared?
2: I am super good, better than I deserve. Um, When we do this podcast and you line up these guests, Kelly, a lot of times we have these awesome musicians on, and admittedly, sometimes I'm not overly familiar with them. We've had some really cool new up-and-coming musicians that you said, hey, we got this great group coming on or this great guitar player, and I'd go look them up on YouTube, and I'd end up listening to them for two weeks leading up to the podcast, and I'd be pretty excited by the time we had them on. But... Today's guest is from a band that I've been listening to well before Bradley's House ever got started. And that's one of the neat things for me is because sometimes I get the fanboy out a little bit and we get to have these incredible musical guests on. So I am super stoked for today's episode. Kelly, who's our house guest today?
0: I totally expected you to say today's guest needs no introduction I, although I guess that's maybe a bit trite, but I'll say it. Today's <laughs> guest needs no introduction. We're super fortunate to have with us today Raul Bianchi from The Expendables. Raul, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Well, I'm honored to be here. Thank you guys for having me. And I wasn't sure where that introduction was headed, but uh, I really appreciate it.
2: <laughs> You're not one of those new <laughs> and up and coming guys that, that nobody knows. Yeah, but, I,
1: I, um, we yeah. usually have people I don't know who they are, and this is no exception. I wasn't, yeah, it could have been. <laughs>
2: No, no, not on uh, this one yeah. admittedly i'm a I'm a big fan I've been a long time fan, and uh
1: you guys well, are you.
2: constantly in my rotation, so that's why i you know I was super excited not that I'm excited for every episode, anyone that comes on and chats with us, but for this episode you know i I was a fan, and I didn't need to do as much research um and admittedly when we started the podcast i told kelly i was like, listen we're gonna do this podcast i'll do as much research as i can get everything all set and ready for the episodes and i know she still goes and does a, a bunch of research but um <laughs> you know when we were leading up to this her and anna are both like are you ready and i'm like listen i've been fucking ready for this one for a <laughs> while so uh, yeah well- I'm, uh, I'm super excited
0: I just want to start by saying thank you so much for being a part of the House of the Bradley Belt. We were stoked to have you guys on there. You guys did an amazing cover of Wrong Way.
2: Yeah, that was
1: a lot of fun for us. That came about pretty quickly because I know we had talked about it, and I know this happens a lot with musicians where you get asked to do something and then you forget about it, um, or <laughs> you are on tour and then the other things come up nice. and then you get, oh, hey did, <laughs> hey, did you guys still want to do this? Like, oh, crap, yes. <laughs> And then, did,
0: yeah,
1: and and so we we actually didn't have a lot of time, so I think we did we all did that in about a day day or two because um, wow. we're fortunate enough to have our own our own studio here in Santa Cruz, and then most of at least when we do electric stuff, we're fortunate enough to be able to have started because of the pandemic, all using Pro Tools on our own. So it was pretty ah. easy for us to to bang uh, to bang this one out. So we're glad fantastic. that we were able to to get it done.
0: And how did you guys decide on the song? Or did someone tell you that's what you had to do? (laughs) Um,
1: So initially, I think had we kind of been on the ball, we would have um, maybe not picked the wrong way because when we started out as a band, a lot of times it was just, you know, hey, you're going to play a bar and you're going to play for three to four hours. So you're filling a lot of it with covers. And uh, a cover that we always used to do was uh, Bad Fish. And that was one that we had wanted to do uh, because we had been playing that song for years. Um, So we thought it might be fun to do an acoustic version of it. Um, And then by the time it came down to like, sorry, you know, Bad Fish is taken. So we said, all right, well, it's not like that's the only Sublime song that we know and like. So let's kind of go through the Mm -hmm. list. And Wrong Way was right up there towards the top. So um, we just sat there in our studio and we tried to uh, play it a couple times in different ways. And the thing for us is we've done two acoustic albums. So for us, when we do an acoustic album, um, or an acoustic rendition of a song, even if it's one of our own songs, the idea behind it is to almost treat it like it's a new song, to not just play it the exact same way we did electric. Because honestly, for me and for most of the bands, acoustic versus electric guitar is almost like an entirely different instrument. You have to approach right. it a different way. So so it's like, how can we do this differently and and sort of, I mean, keep obviously the spirit of the song and the feeling of it, but really just kind of put uh, sort of a different flavor on it. And that And it just... I feel like when we do that with acoustic songs, and it turns out the best is when it just kind of comes in really quickly. And I feel like that's how our version of that song came about.
0: Uh, Well, it definitely shows. You guys did a great job. I love it. Now, before we get started on anything about your background of the band, which I do want to ask about, I have to ask you about this because I'm super excited about this project, the Expendahoo That you did Mm -hmm. with Ballyhoo. So you guys did an album.
1: Actually, our manager, uh, Brian Sandel, uh, he, uh, who also manages Ballyhoo. Right. uh, um, And he had this idea um, that he thought this would be a cool project for you guys to do. And we had already started working on our own studio album at the time. um, And said, well, you guys can just take a break uh, since you're not going to be going on tour. And you're not going to be really doing a whole (laughs) hell of a lot the next couple months year uh and said <laughs> i had this idea and i wasn't excited about it at all i was like i don't know i don't want to do a cover album i don't really feel excited about this and ballyhoo just started working on it because they're obviously more dedicated and uh, <laughs> and just more responsible better humans than we are whatever <laughs> any way you want to slice it it and uh but they started working on it and then just like with this thing that we came like hey are you guys still doing this because we're coming up on some deadlines here and then we just started working on it and as soon as we started working on it I, I really fell in love with the project because we did sort of that same approach I was talking with the acoustic where some of the songs yeah. we really kept it very similar in style and some of the songs we went we got real weird with it and right. uh, by the time it was done I, I feel like I had done some of my best work on it and I feel like we really put I think we did their songs justice and then we heard the whole thing yes. and we, we we heard that they put as much effort and care that we did. And I think the whole project turned out great and all the fans seemed to love it. And something that I wasn't really excited on in the beginning ended up being one of the, my favorite things that I've worked on so far. And I'm really happy with how it's been received because I, I can tell, you know, you get fans and it's musicians are the same way. You hear something the first time you listen to it a certain way. And then if you hear someone else's rendition of it, you're you're not going to compete with the original. It just happens so much. Right. But, but the fans seem to kind of understand the idea behind it and, and the concept and really sort of, I think, understood that we both uh, really enjoyed each other's songs and really put our best foot forward with it. So I'm really happy with how it turned out.
0: Oh, that was great. It's just a cool collaboration, a cool twist on each other's songs. Yeah. And I, I just love hearing the way that you guys, you know, reinterpret the music, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, that the other band is going to be participating in it and hearing it and the videos. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just really great. What a fun project.
1: Yeah. We were definitely a little nervous when we did our zoom meeting, um, where we sort of did the reveal and we listened to each other's songs. Cause we definitely hmm. took, took a lot of liberties with the styles, I think on, on half of the songs anyway, half of uh-huh. the songs we did pretty faithfully, the other half, and I think they were a little bit more for the most part, were a little bit more faithful with their renditions just, um, right. and then, and then, um. Actually, my favorite song they did is the one that they really kind of did the most uh, twisting to it, which I really loved uh, when they did our version of Tight Squeeze. But yeah. um, I really feel like it was just really funny hearing them because now that you know everybody's older and and they're um, obviously skilled at recording uh, themselves and uh, they're great musicians, so hearing them do our thing like, oh yeah, we should have done, yeah, we should have done it that way back <laughs> when we, you know, back when we were in our early twenties, not
2: knowing anything, you it's know? so, got. It's like Kelly said. It's got to be a weird dynamic, knowing that you know they're going to hear it and you're going to listen to theirs, and we're going to get into the whole story. We know the whole deal. You guys grew up eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches together and made this fucking <laughs> awesome band. But I got to ask because, especially like in this um you know american california reggae style scene that's going on there's a lot of features you know you go do features on other people's songs they come in on your album is there like a kind of a thing like yeah, you're not going to fucking outdo me on my own song here. Like, do you feel, (laughs) you feel like you got to step up? Because I know I would, I'd be like, man, I got, you know, Hyrie or whoever it is coming in and do it. And you're not going to show me up on my own shit. So I'm bringing my A game today. (laughs) I will
1: guarantee you that happens. Um, I can't imagine that it doesn't because I feel like, I feel like for a lot of musicians, um, whether it's false bravado or real, that, you know, you have to have some kind of ego behind what you do because you go up on stage every night and it's, it's pretty hard to do and you're naked up there. And it's a very openly vulnerable position. So, um, I feel like for, for me and for us, like getting a feature is more about the collaboration itself and about working with a great artist. Like we've had Hyrie on a song and, and I know Adam wrote it and, uh, and they work together really well uh, on the vocals. And I don't think for one second that Adam thought, oh, I'm going to get shown up. He's probably thinking, and for (laughs) us too, it's like, let's hope we get shown up. Let's hope this is great. And that people really gravitate towards it. Um, And that it's, so every time we get a feature, like we had Tech 9 who was all, that was kind of our dream get uh, for a hip hop artist to be on one of our songs. And that was kind of like, Hey, let's throw everything to the wall for sticks. Like, if we can get, you know, yeah. him, that would be a dream come true. If we don't, we you know we don't. Um, and we ended up getting him. And for us, we thought he just absolutely crushed it. And we were so thrilled and so happy to have him on there. Um, our last EP, our moment EP that had, you know, at Hyrie, it had Micah from Iration, it had Tech Nine, it had Eric Rachmani from Revolution. That was really the first time we had done hardly any features. we had done a couple here and there, but that was an EP that like primarily focused on features. Uh, all songs about one had them and for us at least um i I think we're not of too much of an ego driven band um so um while I, I understand I've dealt with you know you deal with egos on on tours and and stuff like that I, I, for us at least i i don't see it as an issue, and I kind of welcome it um especially and uh, like with the ballyhoo thing, it's like yeah they they did a great job. we knew that they were gonna crush our songs, so I think in terms of setting the bar we knew we didn't want to go in and give half-assed effort or mediocre efforts. I think we really tried to, to rise to the occasion on that. But for me, that's always kind of the goal is to do the best that I can do without making an ass of myself.
0: (laughs) Preferably.
2: Well, on this podcast, I do the best I can do, but a lot of times, (laughs) man, a lot of times.
0: Sometimes it's just unavoidable, huh, Derek? (laughs) It is what it is.
2: What do you want me to do? Yeah. I,
1: yeah, I've got enough. Yeah, I've done it plenty of times, made plenty of asses of myself multiple times. So I'm, it just happens. You just gotta (laughs) focus on the next day.
2: (laughs) You guys have to be chomping at the bit right now. And I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but you guys are known as like one of the harder working bands out there. I mean, you guys cover some ground. Um, I think I read somewhere that, you know, you guys were averaging like between 130 and 150 dates a year. Um, uh, uh, you guys have to be ready to get back out there, man. I th- Yeah, I think
1: from like, I want to say around 2005 to 2015, 16, you know, 130 to 150 would almost be on the low end. You know, we'd probably be trying to push close towards wow. two. Uh, um, and just playing as much as you can, as often as you could. And we still had jobs that were nice enough to let us come back. So we'd go home, go on tour for, you know, six to eight weeks, maybe sometimes even 10 weeks, come back, have a week or two off, go do it again, come wow. home, ha- have a few months off or a few weeks off and then go do it again. Um, and I think that hurt us a little bit in terms of we just became really slow at recording because we were constantly on the road. But, you know, for back then, at least that was kind of the only way to sort of build yourself a fan base was to just get out right. and grind it. Um, and now that, you know, we're a little bit older and um, most of the guys in the band have kids. Uh, so we're not, at that stage anymore, but we're—I mean, because you know we've done—I I, want to say what uh, must be something like five to six shows in the last eighteen, nineteen months. You know, we're definitely oh ready gosh. to go back out and tour. Yeah. So what oh did you God. do to
0: fill the time during during COVID and the shutdown and all that?
1: Uh, we recorded a lot. Mm. Um, That's good. News I. Uh, for your fans yeah um so we've actually released i think three or four singles we recorded the expended who project mm-hmm. we're working on another full-length album ourselves um that is actually oh, not God. that far from being finished either um fabulous yeah got a got myself a girlfriend got her moved out from colorado so uh some of the guys you know all the other guys are raising kids so it's just everyone stayed busy you know we still
0: yeah.
1: we still write and record a lot so um that's just kind of how we stay busy. Yeah. We weren't playing shows, but that doesn't mean that we just get to sit, sit and do nothing. So we wanted to try <laughs> to, and we, just, we weren't making money. It's not like we make a lot of income just sitting around doing nothing. Our streaming right. income is not enough to sustain us. So without shows, you know, we had, we had to go on unemployment for a while and there was touch and go here and there, but you know, I took on some, some side, trying to do some, some studio work. And cause as soon as the pandemic hit, I had just bought myself a little, you know, apartment, and i was ready to to just go and just start my life over again i was just you know i just had just gone out of like an uh an almost 9 year relationship wow. and it's sort of like everything was just kind of starting over and i i was like hey i'm scared i'm by myself but i, I you know i'm going to try to uh get this uh apartment and just start mm-hmm. my life and and see how it goes and and then we, I, I got the keys and a month later, we were on tour, oh. the third show of our tour and the pandemic hit and we had to go home and everything just shut down.
0: Oh my
1: God. So it was, it was hard. It was scary and stressful. I mean, it still is at a certain point because now that our tour is starting again, and there's, you know, the Delta variant has come hit us and yeah. it, things are going to be really kind of touch and go in terms of how we interact and how we play and how we travel. So, um, but anyway, so uh, it was very kind of a stressful time. Um but at the same time, we were kind of given a gift in that we weren't really trying to be around each other too much. We were trying to social distance with each other. And so we all sort of got the kick in the in the butt that we needed to um, set up our home studios and record from home. Mm-hmm. So I went from being having to rely on my other bandmates to record me to actually having a pretty decent setup in my home studio and learning Pro Tools and actually getting pretty proficient at it where now I can when times are tough like this, I can take on some, some session work and and do some recording for other bands and other people. And and I can have a really quick turnaround. And it's, it's been really actually uh, great for me. I feel like I have really advanced in terms of of a musician because I can record myself and it's so much less stressful to record myself because I'm not just really anxious being in somebody else's studio, worrying about spending, spending other people's money or I'm the band's going to be stressed out because the sessions are getting expensive or I'm just it is, just sounds weird because I play in front of people for a living, but playing in front of other people and recording and just being anxious, I can just do it in my own time. Whenever I feel good, take breaks whenever I want and record. Mm. And I'm turning out such better product. The whole band is better turning out better product because it's just so much of a less stressful environment. So well, I'm excited fantastic. about that.
2: Now yeah. I think another thing that has to be a little bit of a, a gift too. And I'm sure, you know, it's also a little bit of a curse, but, um, and I didn't want to do the same interview with you that you guys do all the time, but we'll touch on it briefly here. Now you guys have known each other and have been playing with each other for a long, long time. And like you said, a lot of tour dates, a lot of time up and down the road, a lot of time in the studio, Right. This probably wasn't a bad thing to be able to get a little bit of a break and and be forced to do it, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, so uh, Adam, our drummer, and I have been friends since uh, first grade. So, wow. uh, for us, you know, <laughs> we don't really need breaks, you know, from each other that much. I mean, I, there are times, you know, we're just like, all right, I, I want, I just want to be home off the road and just relax and you know be with your wife or girlfriend or whatever and just spend some time but I mean for the most part I think part of the reason why we've kept the same unit intact as long as we have is because I don't think it matters who it is you know you spend enough time with people you're going to get on your nerves a little bit and that happens from time to time it happens with your family people you love the most in the world mm-hmm. it happens with everybody uh i think we're just good at, at sort of maintaining who we are and knowing that we're kind of all in this together and we're all going through the same thing and um it's okay for us to be at odds once in a while or disagree but at the end of the day we're trying to play music together which i think we're very fortunate to be able to do at, for a living and have been doing it for a living you know for the better part of you know, over a decade right. almost really, I think 25 it, it years goes, yeah yeah, we've been doing it professionally since where it's been our only job for, you know, 15, 16 years now, wow. probably something like that. So and I think I, and sometimes you kind of just come back and you realize you look at it like, oh, well, we're still struggling here and there. It's not so easy all the time, but. You know, you, you kind of forget how fortunate you are to be doing what we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. So you guys are from Santa Cruz, yep. Which I am familiar with because Brad went to school at UC Santa Cruz for the first two years of college. Yeah,
1: it's so about spent... two two miles, mile and a half from where I live right now. Oh,
0: nice! Yes. I actually
1: lived on campus when I was a teenager. So,
0: oh, did you? Yeah,
1: my mom. My mom uh, was a provost, so she we got a free house when she was working up there. So I was up living up there for about three years. It's a, beautiful, a beautiful campus. campus. Yeah, yes, it's, it's beautiful. Gorgeous. Yes,
0: yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Just, just so beautiful, and that's one of the things Brad loved about it. But he also loved the the whole vibe of Santa Cruz. And um, how do you feel like that has influenced your music, or or sort of like informed your music? Um,
1: I think just for us uh, growing up in Santa Cruz, it's. I always I remember. I always have j- joking uh, friends from out of town that always joke about it. Like, oh, you're from Santa Cruz, you must surf or skate. Like that's just what <laughs> people do. Well, and the, and, the, and the running joke was the fact that I didn't do either really until what? I was like probably about 2021. 20, I didn't start surfing until I was 2021. 20, Were um, they threatening
0: to kick you out of Santa Cruz until <laughs> you did? Yeah, take
1: take away my Santa Cruz card. Right. Um, I, I,
0: it's just
1: that I just I feel like the the surf skate culture is just part of what we grew up on, and yeah. I, I don't think it's as prevalent now in Santa Cruz as it was even you know 10 years ago. But it's still pretty thriving here. Um, but that's just what we grew up with. And that was, and I feel like the music scene was so connected with that. And it goes yeah. through, it goes through cycles for some and, and different groups within, you know, it's whether it's punk or, or blues or surf music or reggae, those are, they have these pockets and they're A lot of people are just kind of into the same mindset and have similar tastes. And that's just kind of how it was for us. And we had a lot of similar friends and we all listened to the same types of music, um, or at least, um, had broad palettes where we all listened to a lot mm-hmm. of different types of music. So that's just kind of how you it happened. Listening
0: to when you were growing up, what kind of stuff?
1: What's funny is for us is that that we why we are so weird and so eclectic in terms of <laughs> so in weird. terms of in terms of what we play yeah. is because we, as as the four of us when we got together were we all love all kinds of music, you know sure. everything, um, but we were all on different pages at the time. Like I had, Jeff had kind of grown out of his like hard rock, classic rock metal phase and really had started getting into reggae. Mm. And I had started playing guitar for a couple of years and was getting serious about it. And I got really into my, um, instrumental guitar players, uh, also like heavy metal and classic, all that was really getting into that stuff. Adam, Adam was very, at the time was really kind of, his he was really into rem he was really into sublime he was really Mm -hmm. into a few other acts but he was kind of more into a little bit more of what was currently being played on the radio um Mm -hmm. ryan ryan was more into like old punk like he's a huge descendants fan uh, bad religion fan and we were kind of all just sort of exploring out other those musics on our own and then we would bring them to band practice and like what the hell are we doing like <laughs> we would be playing a song that had country parts and songs that have metal parts and songs that are blues or, or surf music like dick dale influence type stuff and we would have all across the map and we still feel that to this day that good music is good music if it sounds good we're gonna play it we're not gonna shy away from anything and that help us or hurt us it's just part of who we are um but I think it's been really cool. Help. Yeah, Definitely well, it
0: helps.
1: yeah. Hopefully, it helped more than hurt. But. um, because not everyone's into that, and there's not a lot of people want to go to a show and be like, "Well, I heard reggae influenced songs, I heard rock influenced songs, I heard metal instrumentals, I heard surf inspired songs, I heard blues, country." You know, yeah. We we could be on the tour bus, and Adam's listening to Nora Jones, and I'm listening to some Swedish fantasy metal band. You know, <laughs> one bunk over, you know, R- Ryan's listening to Britney Spears, and Jeff's listening <laughs> to Alpha Blondie. It could all be happening at the same time. So it's it's just a hodgepodge of flavors, and you know. I feel like I like to say like um, we're not one of those bands that does one thing great. I think we do a lot of things okay, pretty well. So that's just who we are.
0: I think the variety definitely is a key to why people enjoy your music.
1: Hey, variety spice of life.
0: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) What made you start playing guitar? Uh,
1: So I had always liked it. I don't know why, but. Um, my dad had an old, uh, nylon string classical acoustic guitar sitting around the house. Mm -hmm. He didn't know how to tune it. He didn't know how to play it. I didn't know how to tune it. I didn't know how to play it. Just sat there. Um, but I always kind of liked it. And then my, uh, I went to a buddy's house, uh, for eighth grade graduation and all my friends were sitting around there and they were all like passing around his electric guitar and playing different stuff, whether it was Jimi Hendrix or Eric Clapton, stuff from cream or, Mm -hmm. um. Uh, Nirvana was big at the time all that kind of stuff and I was I just sat there watching them it was fascinated and I wouldn't leave the my friend's bedroom until he taught me how to play one song on the guitar you know <laughs> and from there I just I every time I go to his house oh god you're gonna sit there and make me teach you songs for an hour and a half and I, Yep, yeah yep. and yeah. then I started and I, and I couldn't put it down and then I just started taking lessons wow. and then didn't stop
0: that's fantastic I mean obviously it worked out well you yeah. guys started the band while you were still in high school isn't that right?
1: yeah we started in high school um and kind of the tail end of our junior year right before our senior year and then we just kept going uh, after that and then we were pretty bad um, <laughs> I, I don't we think we shouldn't
0: be digging out the old recordings <laughs> or...
1: <laughs> I mean, I have trouble listening to most of our music even after our first, two or th- second or third album It's like, oh God, this, oh, God. It is the fidelity's bad or oh for me it's always because i'm I'm so neurotic and such a head case it's always like. I could have done better, could have done better, could have done better, sure. could have done better. Um, and so that's part of the reason it all existed. But even if it's like the audio quality is bad or just what we did, or, or why are we doing 45 second intros for every single song? Like get to the point, you know, <laughs> you just critique yourself. But I, I it wasn't until, you know, we just kept playing anyone offered us a show, we'd take it, you know, we would drive down you know, we, we all go to work on a Friday night and then, um, get up early in the morning on Saturday, drive down to somewhere in like LA or Huntington beach or something, play a show Mm. and drive back that night and go back to work on a Sunday morning. You know, we were, we would just do it all. We wanted to play. We just wanted to play. Um, and after doing that for a few years, we just got better. And anytime anyone offered a show, we just expanded our radius to however far we could drive. And, and do it and eventually we started getting some tour offers and once we start i think once you once a band really starts touring then they get a lot tighter and they get better and that's yeah, just kind of what for happened sure. to us it took it took years and years and years because i mean that's how the name came about because we weren't good the expendables was a joke that we could be we were all expendable we could be kicked out of the band at any given time because we were all so bad oh. at what we did oh um we really were bad it's just i think that's how uh, you know band I feel like bands that start later in life have an edge and in, in that they, they can start out decent right, for the most part, but the lion's share of bands that start when they're teenagers, you know, are, yeah. Um, I won't speak for every band that does this, but for us, it was just, you know, we were teenagers that had only been playing our instruments for a couple of years. We just weren't very good. And, and it took us years to get, mediocre and then years after that to look back and go god we thought we got good we still weren't good you know but
0: there's no substitute for just getting out there and playing shows good bad anything in between you just got to get out there and do it
1: right and then when you play shows and you go on tour you get better and i feel like you can kind of tell bands that play that don't tour and bands that play that do it. it just it just takes time you just You just get in a sync and a rhythm with your bandmates. And even off the stage, you're just constantly together. And the time together, you just really get a feel for each other Mm -hmm. that you don't, that you, I I feel like it's hard to replicate um, any other way. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's definitely not. You definitely get that. There's a catalyst for um, increasing, you know, the amount of time together that that catalyst just it gets you better, faster. Just, it just happens. You're just, you just become tighter.
0: What kind of sounds can we expect from your newest album?
1: Um so huh. I mean, I'm sure I I shouldn't say more of the same crap, right? <laughs> no <laughs> but um <laughs> You definitely um, should not you're not a
0: PR person, are you, Ro? <laughs> no.
1: Um so we have yeah, my I'll be, I'll be getting my pink slip from the band shortly. <laughs> right. no, um I would say that like so we, we have started writing some songs with, um, we've been, you been, for the first, we've been trying to do this forever, but we just couldn't afford to do it. We just started doing some shows recently with the keyboard player. Um, wow. so, um, having someone on keys that is actually really good at what they do instead of me just kind of half-assing it, trying to do it mm-hmm. on my own, which I used to do, wow. um, and just getting some of that. So there's definitely been a lot more of, uh, um, a melodic keyboard, sometimes synthesizers, sometimes. Um, so there's definitely some some solid um reggae influence on this album, but also some a little bit more uh vintage style. Like I feel like some of the song one of the songs that we just did. Um, I don't care if I'm supposed to keep it a secret or not, whatever. We got uh we've been working <laughs> with uh with Brett from Pepper uh on oh. a song that we feel like is pretty remini- pretty reminiscent of uh, UB40. I feel Ooh, like um, that we've got going on and then, yeah. So we've uh, just, to me, that's the kind of that it evoked that sound with me. I mean, I'm sure you get probably a dozen people to disagree with my take on it, but that's how I feel it. Mm-hmm. That that's got that kind yeah. of vibe. Um,
0: awesome.
1: I mean, Adam, Adam's got a song that we just recorded that could probably go on somebody's country album. Wow. Um, it's almost like, I, w- I want to feel like it's kind of like a, a take between uh, influenced by like reggae and also country. So it's that's pretty eclectic.
0: That's intriguing. Um, I,
1: yeah. Uh, I've been working on a song that I wrote during the pandemic that was kind of personal to me. That's kind of about sort of what I was going through at the time with being alone, newly being alone. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really broad mix for me in terms of like very sort of spacey delay guitar, but also has like a uh, instrumental rock element to it. So it's, it's, it's definitely... I would say a, a more um, sort of complete structured songwriting than we've done, but also with now the fact that we're all recording together, that it's also some of the best sounding um, music that we've done in a long time. Mm. So,
0: when you guys and costing us a lot less. Al- <laughs> yeah, okay, we're doing so it as that. as well. that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. When you guys start out doing an album, do you kind of have an idea of what direction you want the whole album to go? Or do you just sort of let it happen organically and, and see no, what it goes?
1: You- you get, you get a nasty email from management going, you guys haven't released an album in X amount of years. (laughs) What are you doing? You guys just sitting on your ass at home, like work. (laughs) And for us, I think it's kind of a a slower process. Some bands can just turn it around. We just have a slower process and um, it's everyone sort of approaches songwriting differently. And, and um, some people are in the bands are a little bit more prolific and, and can, can knock out songs faster, but still be slow to sort of finish the product. Um, whereas someone like if I write songs, it's pretty, it's much more seldom when I write complete songs, but when I do, I spend a lot of time sort of in the creation process. So when it comes to the table, it's a little bit faster to get finished, but Mm. everyone's kind of different and no, we don't record any song the same way. There's no, Oh, X member has a song here's how we're going to record it. You know, sometimes it's a complete song. Sometimes it's a shell of a song. Sometimes it's just a jam. Um, There's all different ways that we do it. And usually we just start working on songs. We're constant. Everyone's kind of constantly working and writing. And hopefully like when we get together, it's enough to sort of put a cohesive album together. And I feel like because we're so eclectic in the styles that we do, it will be hard for us to, sort of sit down and go, okay, here's how we want the album to sound, because it's going to be all over the place no matter what.
0: Mm. That's cool. So when you guys are out on the road, I mean, I would imagine there's got to be a lot of cool things and also a lot of difficult things. What's something that you don't enjoy about being on the road and something that you really do?
1: Um, so obviously being away from home is mm. really hard. Right. Um, So, whether you have a big
0: family,
1: no, um, I have a small family. Um, My parents are getting older too. So, it's Mm -hmm. you know, I've got a brother and uh, his wife and kids up in San Francisco, and just me and my girlfriend down uh, here in Santa Cruz, and then uh, my dad and mom are also here in Santa Cruz. Uh, oh, nice. So, but I, I don't like, to, you know, I'm home. I, just, I like to just hang out and, and hang out with my girlfriend and hang out with my, my parents and go yeah. have lunch or, you know, cook dinner, you know, just go for bike rides, go hiking, um, go exercise, stuff like that. So um, it's it's hard being away from your loved ones. That's, I think mm. that's for, it, for for most musicians, that's always going to be the hardest part is being away for from sure. the people that you care about. For um, sure. Especially for extended periods of time, it's just there's no way to just make it not suck and make it not hurt. It just mm-hmm. it just happens. Sure. Um, And also part of that too is is we're not small guys. You know, everybody in the band except for our singer is over six feet tall. So sleeping in a bus sleeping in a bus is not comfortable. Uh, so, <laughs> I, so I so I so I don't sleep well. We none of us sleep well. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but what I do love. Uh, I guess one thing too, so so how I try to mitigate being away from home is I try to take one of my routines from home with me on tour. And for me, it's going to sound bougie as shit, but I just... Take, taking my little pour over coffee, taking my beans, grinding the coffee every morning, doing my froth milk and like making my mm. little coffee every morning kind of just makes me feel sort of normal. Not like I'm just in this traveling dirty submarine, right. you know, i try right. to be normal. Um, but, yes, also, bougie,
0: but it's not. Yeah. I get it. That's yeah. great.
1: You need little, yeah. you need little things from home that sort of bring you back and make you feel human, I guess, because right. there's so much about the road. is just abnormal. It's just...
0: To be just a strange not, way to live,
1: it just ain't right, yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> uh, so, but another thing that I really, really love is, uh, um, I would I kind of classify myself and and my friend Adam as we're just kind of low rent foodies. So we like to go, we're on the road. It's like, if we're in in Texas, let's try to get some good barbecue, you know, or if we're in New Orleans, maybe get some good, like good seafood or go get beignets and coffee or, you know, everywhere we are, you know, try to go, you know, we all have this thing where we, every time we go to New York, we either have pizza fantasy or burger fantasy, or we just go try to find (laughs) the best pizza we can find. We'll eat like two or three different pizza places on a walk or go find a good burger somewhere like like that's that's just kind of fun for us is to ch- go try to get some good food because for the most part, especially when you in your beginning days, it's like well you got ten dollars to last you for the day if that you know guess what that gas station has a subway so you're gonna get a foot long or two foot long. and so that's gonna <laughs> last you for the day or you're gonna be eating you know beef jerky or hard boiled eggs from the gas station or oh, you know it's just gosh. it's bad and then eventually you start getting a little bit more success and you can afford to e- eat better There's sometimes there's just not stuff around you you know right. it's not like a a music venue that's going to get a sound permit is going to be close to where everything's happening. So sometimes you're just like, well, I guess we're eating McDonald's for dinner, or I guess we're eating whatever's close by that will deliver or anything. So you're not always going to get good food and, and it's just, it's kind of hard. So anytime the opportunity presents itself to get a decent meal, we will always try to do that.
0: That's smart. That's a good way to go. It's got to be tough having guys that you've known for so long and being in such close quarters for so long to constantly get along with each other. I mean, do you guys find that when you're on maybe an extended tour, you all sort of have times where you go your separate ways a little bit to get your own space?
1: Yeah. I think everyone's pretty good at that. Whether it's, you know, for me, it might be going on a run or going to find a gym or Adam might go on a walk to find a good breakfast place or, um, something like that. Uh, maybe someone will just get their AirPods and go for a walk and, you know, you'll see Jeff outside talking to his girlfriend or something like that on the phone and just, or, you know, it's just, you can find time to, even if it's just being in your bunk, taking a nap, you know, you can just find some time for yourself. And I think we're, we've gotten pretty good at kind of knowing when we need to just, you know, what, maybe I'm the asshole. Maybe I should just go take a walk or I should just <laughs> go watch, watch a movie. You know, Adam does go watch movies a lot, or you can watch, you know, Netflix in your bunk or something like that and just sort of try to, um, I think we're good. That's part. Of, yeah. We're just decent at, at not getting on each other's nerves uh, for the for the most part, but it, it still happens, but you know, yeah.
0: Seems like that's gotta be a big key for success, long-term success with the band. Cause it's so heartbreaking when you hear about these bands that just can't get along or, you know, they're making great music, but there's just too much infighting and, and I get it. I mean, it's like a family, you know, you, it happens, but but it's always um, it's a bummer for the fans that we miss out on good yeah. music because you know it's got to be tough to get along.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know you hear stories about bands like replacing members. I remember you, you heard the story about uh, who was it? I think it was AC/DC. You hear bands like they're like you know mm-hmm. he was just hanging out one of the guys. You know, we, <laughs> he was just fun to fun to be around. So we wanted you know take him on as a singer. You know, it was just. I, that's almost as important when you hear about bands getting new yes. members that is such an important because you, you realize how much time you have to spend with them
0: yeah it's like a
1: marriage it's more it's more than anybody you have to spend yeah. more more time with that person than almost anybody in your entire life so you have to be able to get along with them and i think that's so important that when bands start out um they're not thinking about that no yeah. what no band is getting together going. okay so
0: we're starting our we're starting
1: we're starting our first band we like each other's musical vision we have a lot of um, mutual interest and taste when it comes to music we're gonna have to spend twelve to fifteen hours a day together for the next 20 years you know right. and like oh shit I didn't think about that we're <laughs> gonna start to hate each other you don't think about that so that's what happens eventually you just get bands that just can't get along or maybe they just decided after a while that they're you know as you get older and your your music tastes change in a involved that maybe they don't see eye to eye and it ends so I do understand that it happens because sure. it's not it's when we first started playing music in high school I didn't know shit about shit when it came to anything in the music industry or business I had mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it I had no idea how hard it was going to be I had no idea what it was going to entail I had no idea that playing music live meant that the, your favorite thing to do was play music and that was going to be the shortest part of your day
0: Right.
1: Traveling is basically going to be the day. Um, You just don't know these things when you start out.
0: Right. And it sounds so glamorous from the outside looking in, but I would imagine it really gets to be a grind.
1: Yeah. Just because, I mean, I mean, just two weeks ago, we are like, oh, you're playing again. You're doing this festival. It's like, yep. We drove up to You know, we had a six, seven hour drive and we played a festival, got straight off the stage, went to the airport, dropped off the rental cars, took a red eye to Boston, got more rental cars, drove up to Maine, played a a festival, came back and flew home and we were dead. We were drained.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and people just don't realize that that's sometimes is the ugly part about being in a band is that you're traveling, which really is 90% of your job just can be crushing sometimes.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about staying sane during those times, I'm sure. And trying to sleep. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, trying to sleep, trying to eat right, trying to stay in contact with your loved ones. It's definitely a a juggling act for sure.
0: Well, I know I can speak on behalf of all your fans that we're super glad that you guys do, that you find a way to juggle it, you find a way to make it work. You guys are making great music, and we definitely look forward to a lot more. Um, Any clue as to when the new album's coming out?
1: Uh, No, because we're still putting songs together, uh, as okay. is, um, we were, we were on a tight, uh, we actually had a pretty good uh, rhythm going and then, uh, there were some shows and some COVID issues. So then we had to t- take a step back for a while, but so we're a little behind, but we're hoping, um, early to mid next year is what we're hoping for.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's definitely something to look forward to. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with us. And of course, oh. if anybody wants to check out, more of your music they can find you guys at the expendables.net and of course on all social media and again from my family too thank you so much for being on the house that bradley built it was such a privilege for us to have you guys on there and i definitely hope to see you soon and at a show
1: well i appreciate that thank you so much and uh we definitely were honored to be a part of that and i was uh really uh, grateful to get the to get the email and the call i'm glad we could do this podcast so thank you guys so much
2: mm-hmm. Oh, thank you man Anytime. Well, Kelly, exactly as expected, Raul was amazing. Uh, I'm a huge Expendables fan. I'm a huge Expendables fan, as we had mentioned during the recording. Um, And it was just really cool to have him come on and tell a little bit of the story. And uh, it was just a lot of fun chatting with him.
0: It was. He was so nice. So great to get to know him. Um, and I loved having the Expendables on the house that Bradley built. It was great to have them be a part of it. They did such a great job with our cover of Wrong Way. So I hope people will check that out and, uh, and definitely check out more about the Expendables on their website, theexpendables.net. I know we're going to be at Cali Vibes in Long Beach this coming February of 2022. And the Expendables will be there as well. Looking forward to seeing them.
2: Yeah. Super looking forward to, uh, to Cali vibes. And I'm sure that everybody listening has already either got their tickets booked or just know that they're not going to be able to make it because those tickets were selling quick. Uh, but I'm super excited to get out there and see a bunch of the the folks that we've had on the podcast and then be able to kind of see them do what they do up there on the stage. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and of course, um, as you had mentioned, uh, Raul and the boys did an amazing cover of Wrong Way, um, which is available, uh, on the House That Bradley Built compilation. Of course, you guys get that at law-records.com. And, uh, if we always like to leave you guys with a song. Typically, we get to get one right from the House That Bradley. I'm getting nervous, Kelly, because what's going to happen <laughs> when we're all, we're out of all of these amazing artists? Paul, where we need another. Paul, we need another album because I don't know what we're going to play after the the podcast anymore. So, um, if our friends at law-records.com are listening, we could use could use another 57 <laughs> songs so I know what we're doing as far as guests and and songs go. Um, you know,
0: since you mentioned it, Jared, the one-year anniversary of the release of the Deluxe Edition is coming up on January 15th, 2022, and we do have some special stuff planned, and hopefully in the coming year, we'll, we'll see some more stuff come out. Um, hint, hint regarding the album so there's definitely definitely some more stuff in the works
2: if i don't get on the hidden track on the next album i work, there's going to be an issue <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll talk to paul and, and me but i'm i'm getting on the i'm getting on the hidden track for sure <laughs> um, Oh,
0: speaking of paul and Yi, we should have them back on maybe we should do that for an anniversary show of the God, anniversary I- of the the album
2: they could come on every week, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes. So, um, I would have I would have absolutely no problem. <laughs> With them as, as guests coming up, so I can't yeah. believe it's already it's already been a year since. Is that wild? It's uh, it's been quite a year. Uh, it's really yes. I, I can't believe how fast it went. And uh, looking forward to some uh, some big things coming up in 2022, um, where you know we're we're gonna try to do what we can to get this house built and continue to raise some money. You guys know how you can help out. You can go ahead and visit the dot org, or you can just scroll. down down right down there see right below us you can go ahead and click on the link and that will get you to all things Knoll family foundation and find out how you guys can have a piece of this and uh and we can kind of do this thing and we can all do it together and we can do it the right way but i guess to end today's show (laughs) it'll be the expendables doing a wrong way from the compilation album, The House That Bradley Built. Until next time, I'm Jared Orr. She's Kelly Noel. You guys don't have to go home, but it's time to leave Bradley's house.
3: And he's 12 years old and two more she'll be a whore. Nobody ever told her it's the wrong way. Don't be afraid with the quickness you get laid for your family get paid. It's the wrong way. I gave her all that I Cigarette pressed between her lips But I'm stabbing at her tits It's the wrong way Strong if I can But I am only a man So I take her to the can It's the wrong way The only family that she